Hello and welcome back to Sea Red UK, where quite simply it's a Chicago Bulls thing. I'm Matt, and as usual, joined by Neil. How are you all doing, Neil? Um, I'm doing good, thank you, Matt. Uh, just finished work, so I'm a little bit wiped. A uh, bit of a bit of an extra bit of time. I ended up having to stay back at work for a while, so I'm glad to be here and ready to talk Bulls. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you've left me hanging around. You know. As if a half three start wasn't early enough for us today. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I've sorry, had to man. I've had to wait around longer now. But <laughs> as I said in one of the tweets earlier on, we do it because we love Chicago Bulls. Amen. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll get on with the episode. Um, obviously, last episode we recorded last Thursday, and we've had our West Coast trip since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, three games. We're not going to go too deep on them because obviously people are probably sick of hearing about them by now. But anyway, first one uh, was it Saturday morning for us? Yeah, um, yeah, two o'clock. Which something we're going to talk about as well in a bit. But anyway, mm-hmm. two o'clock tip, uh, and we got a one twenty four ninety six win against a very depleted uh, Portland team. Right. Uh, Player of the game for it, obviously because it was a win, was Kobe. Uh, 19 points, 4 rebounds, 9 assists and 2 steals. And that's pretty much all I've got to say about the game, to be fair, because we did what what we needed to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were all saying that it was a depleted team. We needed to come in and take care of business. And that's exactly what the Bulls did. They they stepped on the floor and they looked good from start to finish, pretty much, and, and did what they needed to do. Yeah, I mean, they started pretty slow, didn't they, to be fair? Uh, it was we're tied at the end of the first, and you're thinking, you know, put it away sort of thing, but uh, eventually, I think the experience of our lot came through, and we've got the win, yeah. which is all we can ask for. <laughs> so, I don't know if you've got anything else on that one. Obviously, it was, like I said, that was the boring game out of the three of them, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was the one with the least uh, least highlights and least talking points anyway. Yeah, so we'll move on. Obviously, uh, Sunday was a 8.30pm tip for us as Bulls were in LA for the first ever back-to-back to mm-hmm. face the Lakers. And once again, come away with a win. 118-108. And... Quite a lot of talking points from this one. Definitely. So, I don't know if you want to take it with the first one. Okay, well, I mean, the first one is the elephant in the room that needs to be discussed, really, I think, isn't it? And that's the uh, the Vooch ejection. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it had the potential to completely and utterly transform our game in a negative way. I mean, the negative impact and connotations that they could have had for the Bulls team was huge. It was early enough in the game. It was, what, just at the end of the second quarter. And look, when I I first saw the the challenge, I actually didn't think he'd even caught LeBron. But on the, the replay, yeah, okay, fair enough. It was a foul. Um. I don't know about being anything more than just a foul. But, you know, Vooch mumbled a little bit of Serbian under his breath, as he tends to do. Got slapped with a T. 
and then turned around and kind of mouthed something else. Nothing major. That's what players do all around the league, all the time. And then the other ref slapped him from the other side of the court with another tick. <laughs> straight out the door. I mean, look, I, I know yeah. referees don't like back chat and they don't like to be, you know, given too much verbal. But it's hard not to think that this was done purely because LeBron was looking for another Oscar um, and because it was LeBron and the Lakers at home. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, to be fair, it deserves a raging bull. We've not had one for a while. No, <laughs> so no it's been a while. I'll, uh, I'll add this in. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. So, yeah, raging bull. And for me, it's Tony Brothers that deserves it. Yeah. I don't know what it is about that man. But he hates Chicago Bulls. I don't know if it's the same reason why uh, Drummond don't get in with Billy, or what. But, <laughs> you know, it. Every, I mean, the refereeing as a whole for the whole year, the whole season has been probably the worst it's ever been. Oh, big uh, time! You know, I mean, I don't know if you saw that one. I can't remember what game it was, but he was riding around on the the quad thing. And it's like he was like dabbing everybody up and fist bumping everybody and what have you. Um, I can't remember the name of the ref and I can't remember what game it was in. It was over the weekend. And it's like the game's not about you. No, definitely. And it feels like this year the refs are trying to make it about them. Yeah. And granted, it's a hard game to referee. It's a fast game. First look at a lot of things you do get wrong. It, it, you know, that's that's life. That's just general. Do you know what I mean? But it's the amount of texts that are getting dished out at the minute Yeah, for for stupid things. You know I mean, it's like Luca got one against Hornets and then they rescinded it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So what is it he's saying on the court that the refs are going, no, I don't like that. You know, you, there's a tech for you. And obviously it was the same with Vooch. How you can get two texts in that amount of time. Yeah. Especially when you don't know what he was actually saying. I mean, you can pretty much tell what he was saying from his body language. Right. You know, because body language translates in any language. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, um, he wasn't it, asking him out for dinner, was he? Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it just depends what sort of dinner he wants to take him on, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll not go down that route. Um, no, let's not. <laughs> But, you know, it, and going back to Tony Brothers, I believe it was him in the Cleveland game, in the mm. Donovan Mitchell game, mm-hmm. giving him however many assists and missed that call on the, the the free throw and stuff like that. And you just, it, it's just, it's becoming a joke now. And the amount of players and coaches that are getting fined as well for actually saying stuff, obviously, Fred Van Vliet got a fine the other week. Um, yeah. I believe a coach got a fine, and I don't know if you saw Vucci's interview after the um, after this one, where obviously the, he was questioned about it, and he basically just goes, "You know, I shouldn't have said what I said," yeah. and it's like 
you've said enough, Vooch. Just say it again. I'm sure it finds nothing to you. You've already flipped him the bird and all that this season, so <laughs> why not just say what you think? You know what I mean? Um, and then, like, Billy doesn't even say much after it either, does he? Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I get it because you don't want any more attention putting on it. But you got something's got to be done. Something's got to be said by somebody. And enough people saying it, something's got to be done then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, it definitely it seems to be league-wide this year. I, I don't know if they're power-tripping <laughs> or what it is, but it's Yeah. Crazy. I mean, obviously, you're going back to this, obviously, the Lakers game. That wasn't the only thing that stood out from the refs. You know, some of the calls that they, they weren't calling in favour of Bulls, and then we'd go down the other end and Lakers would get a similar foul on them, and it was a foul mm-hmm. for a trip to the line. Luckily, they were pretty shocking from the line, but, um, you know, it, it. like you said, you know, they were in LA, it was the return of LeBron, mm-hmm. and... You know, what more can you expect? Yeah, exactly. And speaking of LeBron, the biggest highlight of the game, apart from obviously the win, Pat Bev telling LeBron he's too small. Gave him the too small. (laughs) (laughs) Not only did he just hit like the, it was pretty much the dagger, the dagger bucket. It it was, it was. You know, they were kind of surging a little bit, Lakers, at that point. And he does this nice little turn and obviously drops it over LeBron and then gives him the two small. <laughs> uh, not only that, he walks past, is it, I can't remember his name, is it Shaden Sharp or whatever his name is, the guy yeah. that Jamarant tried to get into it with and tells him that he smells and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, it's, I mean, we'll talk about it when we, go into our predictions for the next game but I don't think anybody's probably ever disrespected LeBron like that have they no it was brilliant I loved every second of it uh, <laughs> but not only that the whole bench was doing it as oh, well. I, I think it was I think it was Sam in our group shout out Sam that brought it to the group's attention that we have yeah. uh, for our fantasy league and I hadn't actually noticed that the whole bench get up and do it too. Oh, Even Javante was in street clothes. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was. I had a real, a real laugh out loud moment when I saw that. Now it was brilliant. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the player of the game. I did for the first time. I did actually put it out as a Twitter vote as well, um, as well as in our live thread yeah and the live thread the vote actually went to Kobe uh, the Twitter vote went to Zach and in the end I gave it to Pat Bev, Pat Bev purely for the, the too small you yeah. know I mean he, he ended up with 10 points 4 rebounds 5 assists and 1 steal as well so he didn't have a bad game Um, obviously Zach was Zach did his thing and obviously if it wasn't for the too small would have got the player of the game. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if you've got anything else on that game. I just, I just loved it. Um. I loved the way Pat Bev came in, looking for the heat, looking for the smoke, looking for the fire, 
looking for the attention and the abuse and just soaked it up like a sponge and <laughs> finished it like that. It was just, you know, how, however much Pat Bev has really impressed me since he's become a bull and however much I've enjoyed his time with us so far, that for me was his moment. <laughs> that was the point at which I've gone, yeah. I love this guy. Yeah, well, we've got plenty of pup. So we do. Uh, we will get into that in a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, last night, or well, this morning, wasn't it? Because it was a 3 30 tip for us. Yes. Um, <laughs> we had the second of the back to back against the Clippers. Mm hmm. And maybe as expected, we fell to a loss, 124-112. And this is why I can't quite get back on the ledge with this team. Because they lead you into a false sense with the, the two wins. And then we play like this. And, it, you know, the first quarter was, well, we actually won the first quarter, didn't we? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, come out in the second, and that was it. Completely different team. And it just stayed that way. And for me, what the big problem was, was the bench. 100%. Because as soon as he started making the rotations, that's when the defence went a little bit slack, you know, and... Even the offense as well, yeah, wasn't both, it? You know, both ends of the floor just fell apart, yeah. Yeah, you know, and obviously, yeah, we was out with was without Caruso, which is a big blow, mm -hmm. which meant Pat was into the uh, starting lineup, and he he did all right: sixteen points, two rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one block. Um, but when you go to the bench and. Andre Drummond in 14 minutes is your biggest scorer off the bench. You're not going to win games. You know, the, I mean, the only players really that were rotating in, Kobe, DJJ, Drummond and Ayo. Your two guards, Kobe and Ayo, seven points between them. Yeah. All of them for Kobe. You know, and we've said before, a lot of the times, when we lose games like this, it's because we're not getting that cohesion between the starters and the bench. And, you know, you, you look at, obviously, the big three, Zach, Vooch and DeRozan, all above 20 points. So you can't ask for much more from them. All right, maybe yeah. a few more points for someone like Zach or whatever. Um, you know, Pat Bev, we know he's not going to put up the points. It's very rare that he goes above 15 points, you know what I mean? That, it's not his game. Um, so then, obviously, like I say, P. Will stepped up with 16 points. Yep. That's all right for the starters. There'd maybe a couple more from, from the big three would have got it done, but or helped a little bit. But like I say, it's when you bench, you take out Drummond, and the bench got 10 points between them, and that's between Kobe and DJJ. Yeah. And then Drummond added 11 points. Eight oh, Dane, Dane and Terry got two points as well. Yeah, well, that was garbage time, wasn't it? So, it was, it was. It, you know, um, like I say, he did obviously check in, but 
not until garbage time and yeah, more points than I have. But um <laughs> you know, Kobe's not gonna do what he's been doing the last few games, every game. We know that with Kobe. He's still putting the effort in on the defensive end. He's still taking charges. He's still doing all that sort of stuff. But we know he has these cold shooting nights. Mm-hmm. So, if... You know, and this is the problem with this game. Because you look at the Clippers, and it was their role players that did the damage. Right. Mainly, but two. <laughs> it was just every time he shot it, it was going in, whether it was from three or not. But you know, when their star, obviously Kawhi Leonard, I mean, he, he had a pretty quiet night, really 22.7 rebounds, six assists. So <laughs> when their role players are stepping up like that, we need ours to as well, don't we? Absolutely. And you know, you look at that starting lineup. All right, P. Will's probably your fourth scoring option, and he did it. That then means that Kobe's your fifth scoring option off the bench, and he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So then you look at Ayo, and he didn't do anything. Nothing. Um, you know, and obviously we're going to talk about Ayo in a minute. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of think to yourself, well, what is it? Do you know <laughs> why? Can't somebody off the bench take over? You know why? Why are we relying on Kobe that much off the bench? It, you know, it's granted if AC was in, P Will would have been off the bench and maybe another, well, another few points off the bench. But yeah, um, and then obviously one thing I said at the end is, why are the starters still out there? We were twenty-two points down. Yeah, and absolutely. Billy, you know, Billy's going with them starters all the way. I don't know if he was punishing them, wanting <laughs> them to whatever, but you just think Lakers have had that, that extra day off. Mm-hmm. The game's lost. Take the starters out and, you know, give them that little bit of extra rest rather than pushing them into the ground because they could have picked up injuries or anything. You know what I mean? Um. I don't think it's helped by the fact that the G League players don't seem to have gone on that road trip. No, not at all. So basically, it's your starters or your bench unit that's in one hit. And it was just like, you know, it was a sort of game where you could have thrown Marco out there, see what he did. Not that anybody knows who he is. Who? Yeah. (laughs) You know, Carlett Jones, he's just won the G League's like regular season top scorer. All right, he didn't impress that much when he played last time, but throw him out there, see what he can do. Yeah, Dylan Terry, you know, he was on the bench and he got four minutes at the end. Mm-hmm. Just put him in, you know, because as daft as it sounds, even in a game like that, Dylan Terry could have probably caused a bit of chaos. Yeah, just by the way he is, and yeah, we'll go on to Ayo. <laughs> <laughs> he started off alright this year didn't he like the Boston games and stuff like that yeah he did he did and then I really don't know what's happened to him I because don't know. it just feels like each game he gets marginally worse than the previous game 
Yeah, I mean, he. I think he had a pretty decent game against uh, Portland, didn't he? Against their G League team. Yeah. Yeah, he was getting and, downhill a bit, wasn't he? He was getting a few uh, good runs at the rim. Yeah, and was it the Lakers game or the Portland game where he's hit a few couple of threes as well, didn't threes. he? Yeah, he hit, I think he hit two back to back, didn't he? Yeah, and you're thinking, oh, that's it, are you? This is the I.O. we want to see. Mm. And then this last night or this morning is probably the worst game he's had. I think so. I think. You know, 18 minutes, no points, no rebounds, one assist and two steals. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. Uh, it's like a Denzel Valentine stat line. Yeah, you know, and it's it's disappointing to see, especially when... Oh, it's a contract year for him, isn't it? It is. And you're seeing what Kobe's doing, and it's like we've said before: if he wasn't from Chicago, just I don't think the fans would want him. A lot of the fans don't want him, as it is looking around on Twitter. Like, yeah, um, some are ready to ship him off to China and all sorts. But yeah, you know, I mean, what, what what's your your take on him? Yeah, my my take on Io is, I was very very high on him and the potential. I thought we found a real diamond in the rough last season. You know, he had to step up because of injuries, and he did step up for us last year. and And I thought this guy, he has what we need. He has the the background of being from Chicago. He has that confidence and that edge that he wasn't afraid. Uh, you didn't show the fear or the hesitancy maybe that P. Will shows that frustrates so many people. And I really thought this guy was a real find. Um, and then as the season has gone on and on and on, I mean, I'm not saying I'm out on the guy. Uh, he's still got years ahead of him and plenty of time to progress. And, uh, you know, maybe he'll go the way Kobe went. He kind of dropped off. Uh, for a couple of years and then now look at Kobe as he is now so maybe that's kind of the potential we're looking at with Io but right now he needs to slide to the end of the bench man he's just he's not it right now he really isn't um I do love the way he he plays downhill but even with that a lot of the time he overruns it and he and he misses delaying anyway um yeah so I mean I'm not, I'm not out on him, but I think a little bit of time maybe in Summer League and, and maybe even a bit of time in the G League next year, moving up and down a bit, might not be a, any harm to him unless he can really turn himself around. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, he, he started this season as well, wasn't he? Oh, he was mm. starting at he the start started. of the season. Yeah. And you think, obviously, when Pat Bev's come in and he's dropped to the bench, you're going to see a better version of him. We haven't. If anything, he's got worse. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's the Pat Bev effect on him, working in reverse or what. But yeah, it's 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 worrying. But like you say, he's got years ahead of him. It's just how the Bulls deal with him in the off season. Yeah. In terms of contract, that's what like you got to be thinking now, in it. 
Well, I mean, he's, he's kind of played himself into a position where he, he's he's not going to be able to get the contract maybe he was hoping to get, say, at the end of last season, looking forward. Do you know? Yeah. Does that mean then he starts to look elsewhere or consider other options? Or does he stay being from Chicago, in Chicago, and <laughs> see how it pans out for him? Yeah, uh, obviously, well, we're nearly at that time now as well, aren't we? Where it's the off season and it'll mm-hmm. start going crazy with rumours. So, I guess we just wait and see. Yeah, what hopefully is for the rest of the what we've got seven games left for the regular season, uh-huh. and whatever after that, hopefully we can get some kind of the old IO back. Yeah, it would be uh, nice. Because we all loved what we saw last year and, and a little bit at the start of this season. So I'd love to see him kind of turn it around and come back a bit because I do like the kid. But at the moment, yeah. he's just he's just not showing what we need from him. He needs to get that chip back on his shoulder, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I've got nothing else on them games unless you have. Nope, I'm good. Obviously, one thing that has come from him is um, what we just want to talk about is the, t- the tip times um, and could be a little bit of a touchy subject might piss a few people off might not um, and we're not intending to call anybody out by saying or more so by me saying what I've got to say <laughs> The floor well, is yours, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, these the West Coast it always goes chaotic with tip times, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, like we said, Portland won 2 o'clock or 2 a.m. for us. Then the Lakers won was 8.30 p.m. And then the Clippers won 3.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. To any normal person, <laughs> they're not good tip times. <laughs> but... We're not quite normal, but we'll get into that in a minute. But, and I, I mean, what I don't know who it's going to piss off more, to be fair, by saying what I say. But you go on Twitter and you see the American based fans complaining about how late the tip offs are, you know, half nine or whatever it was last night. Uh-huh. But then you get. UK slash European fans going on saying this isn't late, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if some of it's in jest or what. And, you know, I'll admit it, I've said it myself before, like the Americans, I don't know what they're complaining about. But I've actually thought about it a bit since. Um, And when you think they're used to games tipping off at, what, 6, Mm 7pm? So they're going to be finishing around half eight, half nine p.m. Whatever. They've still then got chance. Well, you know, they're watching the games at a reasonable hour. They've got time to go on the socials, do what they do. Obviously, any content creators, podcasters, can do the lives. People can jump on the lives, all that sort of stuff. So I understand why they get annoyed then when it's a half nine tip, because it don't finish till midnight. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself. You know, obviously, especially for, like I say, podcasters who do uh, the live straight after and stuff like that. I imagine it is an issue. Um, as well as just 
everybody else because when they used to maybe go into bed at 10 o'clock, they're staying up till midnight to watch a game and blah, blah, blah. But what with the UK fans, as you know, because that's mainly what I've seen over the weekend is them saying, oh, you know, that, that's not a late tip off, that's a good tip off, blah, blah, blah. The end of the day is what happens when you support an American sport. You have to put up with the time zones. Yeah, you have to take your lumps. You know, and I understand not everybody is in a position where they can watch every game. Right. 1am, 3.30am, whatever. So I understand it when UK fans get excited by an 8.30pm tip. Uh Uh-huh. But I don't understand why they've got to make it into a competition. <laughs> That's the bit that I, I can't get made around. I mean, yeah, all right. I highlight the time when I put tweets out, you know, the, the game time tweets out. I always start it with it's midnight or it's 1am or whatever. But that's to show how dedicated the Bulls fan base is to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. That's not to say, look at us, we're up at this time. I appreciate it when people say that's dedication for you, blah blah blah. But yeah. that's not that's not why I'm doing it. That's not why we get up at that time to do it. We get up at that time to do it because we love watching bulls. And we love the although it's only on the broadcast, we love the whole thing of watching the games live. Yeah. Being involved in it. You know, going on the socials and seeing people melt down and then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, you're up again because Pat Bev's given a LeBron a too small. You know, yeah. it, it, I love all that side of it. And for me personally, I couldn't wait until seven o'clock tonight, for example, to watch last night's game back. Right. Mainly because obviously I do all the socials and stuff like that and I like to keep them all up to date. And that's pretty much why I get up at them sort of times to do it in a nutshell. And I know why you do it as well, because you don't sleep like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. And like I said, it was just something that I noticed over the weekend that it just annoyed me a little bit because it was like, does it really matter? No. You know, and I'll just quickly talk on some of the tips. I Both me and you have said, we can't stand them. I hate them. I hate them. You because know, you, you yeah. can't focus on the game. There's too much family, real life getting in the way of it. Like, Yeah, as you found out on Sunday. Yeah. And like, we'll go back to Sunday. I can sit at home all day Sunday and my missus won't say a word to me. <laughs> 20 to 9, when it tips off, she wants to talk about world peace or whatever it is. I don't know, because <laughs> I don't pay any attention to her. Meta world peace? And... <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it, I like to sit down and watch the game and do my own thing, update the socials, do whatever I'm doing. It That's my two, two and a half hours break from real life. And I can't do it when she's there. Um, you know, move, going, looking forward in a couple of weeks to the, uh, the last game of the regular season against Pistons, that's a 6pm tip for us. And I I guarantee that the UK fans will be loving it. <laughs> Us two will be. You know, you know uh, quick flex, it's my birthday on that day as well. It's also yeah. Easter Sunday. 
So both of my kids will still be up at that time. Yep. My missus has already said we're going out for the day, which I've said, no, we're not. <laughs> uh, we can go out for the day, but we need to be back by half four so I can start getting ready for the game. And she went, well, everyone will be coming round, like all family and that. I was like, nobody's coming round. And if they do, I'm getting my iPad and I'm going upstairs to watch it. You can sit downstairs and entertain. So that 6pm tip is going to be an absolute nightmare for me. So that's why I prefer getting up at 1am because yes. I leave her in bed or I'm at work or whatever and I can just zone out and concentrate on what is my passion, which is bulls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and the very same. Like last night, 3.30am tip, I was up, out of the bed, watching the game um, and then my missus didn't even know I'd watched the game. She didn't know there was a game on last night. She lay, yeah. she lay in the bed, completely oblivious of the fact that I'd watched the Chicago Bulls game and gone back to bed and none the wiser. And I didn't get up this morning all tired and cranky because I don't tend to do that anyway. And so she was none the wiser that I'd got up in the middle of the night and watched the game. Whereas <laughs> Sunday night, it was a completely different story. Well, you know, why are you watching that? You're going to be helping put the kids to bed and all this stuff. I was like, <laughs> you know, give me the middle of the night games. I'm happy out. But you know what? It's like you were saying, it's all relative, right? It's all relative. And to some people, certain times are going to suit better than others. Um, obviously, it's an American sport. It's based in America. The times are going to suit Americans a hell of a lot more than they're going to suit us here in the UK. They're going to suit us here in the UK and Ireland, should I say. They're going to suit us here in this part of the world a little bit more than they would do for our friends in France. Shout out Easy and Clem and everybody else in France that, that uh, watches the games over there because they're an hour further ahead. Yeah, and and as you go further through Europe, any other Bulls fans through and along the way, it's it's adding an hour each time or so on top of what we deal with. So I mean, it's it's all relative. And then you know anybody down in Australia, we you know we all have a few people on Twitter and a few people we know. Shout out Troy uh, down in Australia, and and they actually have to avoid the game because it's it's played at such a time that they have to get through their day before they get a chance to get back <laughs> and watch the game. Yeah. So, you know, depending on where you are in the world, nobody's trying to say that they're a better fan or a worse fan or a more dedicated fan or a less dedicated fan than the next. But we all have our own crosses to bear in regards to tip times and how they affect us and who likes what and who doesn't like what. And that doesn't make anybody better or worse than the next person. It's just that's that's it. We all do it because we love this team. Yeah. And I mean, just quickly on the 330 tip. I, don't, I haven't got a problem with getting up at 3.30. My problem was I started work at half five. <laughs> yeah, right. And the game was still going on. Yeah, luckily, all I have to do is roll out of bed and I'm, I'm at work. So I was getting paid <laughs> to watch the last 20 minutes or so. <laughs> um, that's my only gripe. You know, I managed to get, what, six, six and a half hours sleep before the game last night. So I'm happy with that. That was a full night's sleep for you. Exactly. Whereas the night before with the half eight tip, I went to bed at 11, half 11, I think it was. And I was up at four the next day for work. So, you know, and then having to watch another game as well. Yeah. But, hey, like we say, we do it because we love Bulls. And, yeah, it's nearly the off-season, so we can sleep then. Exactly. We've only got seven more games, plus however many playing games to go. Yeah, exactly. 
So, yeah, we've got a new new segment, which hopefully will pick up a little bit more as we uh, push it a little bit more. I uh, don't know if anybody's seen. I did put a tweet out before. Apparently, as of the 15th of April, you've got to be a Twitter Blue member or whatever it's called to take part in Twitter polls. Um, and for us, that's a bit of a nightmare because that's how we was getting a bit of content and interaction. Mm-hmm. So we decided to go for a mailbag and uh, let people send us questions instead. So appreciate the people that have sent them in and Absolutely. We'll, we'll get to them now. Uh, the first one, um, just trying to find them all now, from Bulls0161. C Red is his uh, Twitter thing, Twitter handle, whatever you want to call him. And I believe he is Portuguese but lives in the UK. Okay. And his question is Do you think Pat Bev is in our top five current players? If so, what position would you place him and why? I personally think he's a great player who makes a big impact on and off the court and is also a good leader that we have needed for a while. So I'll let you take the first first run at that one. Yeah, okay. Well, I kind of thought about this for a bit today when I was uh, at work. And um, I, I don't know if I'd place him as a top five player per se. But in saying that, he's been so influential that even though he's may, maybe not necessarily a top five current player, he's he's so impactful on our top players and the way that the team has been playing since, since he's joined us post all-star break, that it's hard to, to not place him higher than he probably actually is because of the impact that he's had. So, I mean, I guess I, I kind of tried to write down players in, in levels of, you know, top five as a list and the highest I could put him on paper was sixth, putting Zach Vooch, Demar Kobe, AC, and Pat, and then Pat Bev in just ahead of P. Will. Uh, you know, I know as much as I love P. Will, but on paper at the moment, I just think he's that impactful. Um, I don't think I can put him higher than that on paper, but like I say, when he pulls out a two small like he did, it's it's hard not to love the guy, and you cannot deny the Pat Bev effect at this stage. It's it's. We've enough of a sample size to say now that it is legitimately a thing. Yeah. And I mean, obviously we spoke about it when we first signed him, how high I was on him. Yeah. And how excited for the signing I actually was. And in seeing what he has actually done, I love it. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I'll hop back to the too small on the bron. How can you not love somebody that's doing that sort of stuff? Yeah. In terms of, is he in our top five? Now, obviously, he's in the starting five, mm-hmm. but the starting five aren't necessarily your best five players. No. Um, in terms of, I mean, he's been that that we've needed, hasn't he? And he's added yes. that extra little bit of, spice into the defence I guess do you know what I mean like taking charges and stuff like that yeah 
But in terms of... It's a tough one to say because, you know, what... He obviously, he's not nowhere near the level of someone like Zach and Damar and Vooch. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's all different positions and stuff like that. But when you look in terms of the guards, as we've just said, what's he, you know, is Kobe a better player than him? You know, he's coming off the bench, he's doing what Kobe's doing. You know, he's, Kobe's a much better offensive player. But you wouldn't really want Kobe running from point, would you? No. So for me, it's hard to say in that. Um, I'd probably say he's not top five in terms of talent, should we mm-hmm. say? But nonetheless, we love him, That's and good. it kind of goes into the next question, which was from Nath two four one zero dash or underscore whatever it is. Um, I didn't do well at English. <laughs> uh, he's a another UK based fan and it was literally the possible re-signing of Pat Bev for next season um, so obviously I asked him the question to hit or the question to him yes or no his reply was for me I would have to say yes just for the pure impact he has had on this team his energy seems to energise the whole team and I mean, we've spoke a little about it before, I think even on the last episode. Would we re-sign him? And, well, obviously my answer is a definite yes. Um, especially if we can get him on a vet minimum. Um, you know, possibly drops down to more of a bench role, depending on what happens in the off-season, if right. he comes back. But, yeah. You know, I'd quite happily see him see out his career as a bull. Yeah, the way he's, yeah. the way he's been this year or so far, anyway. Small sample size, granted. Yeah. So, let's take it. You're the same. Yeah, I'm. I'm very much for re-signing him, um, especially like you say, if you take a vet minimum. Um, the thing is, you see, like I've started listening to his podcast. I know you're the same, um, and from what he has said on his podcast and from what he's said in social media and, and presses, he wants to be in Chicago. Yeah. You know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, from what I can tell from watching him and listening to to him and seeing him play, he is Chicago. Yes. Do you know, he is Chicago through and through in his blood, in his soul, in the way he plays, in the way he speaks. He just is it. And, you know, he said on his last pod, even his, even his mom said to him, um, that's mom to Americans. Um, <laughs> he, she said to him, she can see how happy he is when he's playing now. Yeah. She can see the joy in him when he's playing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can't speak for Pat Bev or, or any NBA player, but I know that if I felt that kind of, happiness and joy in a team that I was playing for, I'd be prepared to take less money to stay there. Yeah. But that's my take. I mean, there was another comment on it, not so much a question, but from uh, Danny uh, at Guppy19833, who is a Bulls fan from Holland, I believe. Um, And he just put, it's already been mentioned, but the re-signing of Pat Bev 
for me, an absolute yes. He is the hype player we needed. I don't think it's a coincidence we play a lot better with him in the team. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, yeah, like I said, that's pretty much our general consensus on it as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next question from local Bulls fan. Um, I don't know where they're local to. So, <laughs> but anyway, local Bulls fan. Uh, lukewarm take. Acme should try to get a high-level PG to complement Zach and fit the way Billy wants to run the offence. Even if it means trading Demar, they should operate as if Zoe isn't coming back and worry about how the two PGs will fit when it becomes a problem. Uh, obviously, not so much a question, but their take on what they want to see in the off-season, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I mean, we've got a couple more questions about the off-season coming as well. So it's it's hard to say in it because we just don't know what what way AK is going to go. Yeah, we know which way we'd like him to go, but you know, and it, this is what worries me about this recent run of form from Bulls. That I'm hoping that AK is not looking and going. I mean, you know what? Continuity is working. Because it's not. And I mean, obviously, reading that again from local Bulls fan, they're kind of saying build a team around Zach, which is kind of what they tried to do last time, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think they've necessarily given up on that, though. No. Um, You know, obviously, Zach's kind of running the team again at the minute, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Demar's taken that little bit of a sort of backward step uh, become more of a facilitator and that's something we'll talk about on the next episode um, but yeah I definitely agree they need to operate as if Zoe isn't coming back Yeah, we, we, we know he's not whether that's back at all or just back next season is uh, remains to be seen but it kind of goes into the re-signing of Pat Bev as well doesn't it Mm-hmm. We need to sort that point guard position out. Yeah. And that's got to be the biggest thing to look at in the off-season for me. Whether it's to build around Zach or not. You know, we've seen what a decent P- point guard does for Zach in having Pat Bev next to him. Yeah. Somebody who's just spacing the floor a little bit and giving Zach a little bit more free reign not worry because we've seen in the last couple of games when Zach's brought the ball up, he's turned it over. It ain't pretty. Yeah, I mean, he had his pocket picked last night by Westbrook, didn't he? Yeah. And the the Lakers game, it was somebody else that was doing it, and it's like, no, take the ball out of his hands, pass him the ball, and like they let him catch and shoot or catch and go. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if you've got anything else on that one. Um, the only thing I would talk about a little bit is is what he mentioned about maybe trading Demar, um, because in regards to getting that high level point guard, we're going to have to give up something to get it. And yeah, I do think that Demar is our biggest carrot uh, that we can dangle in front of the uh, donkey. You know, I one hundred percent, one hundred percent think that. Demar is the one that's going to go. Um, now that said, probably three months ago, I 100% thought it was Zach that needed to go. But um, 
I think that Zach has really flourished uh, with Pat Bev here, whether that's just because his injuries have healed up now, he's fully recovered and he is back to, you know, top level Zach, whether that's because he has a chip on his shoulder about not making the all-star team because it's been post all-star that he's been improved or whether it is because uh, Pat Bev told him just keep shooting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. but whatever it is, Zach has, he's gone back onto that level that we hoped we would get. He's back at the Zach we need. And DeMar, like you say, is taking a step back and, and maybe that's helped facilitate Zach flourish. Yeah. But DeMar, is, I think, our best option um, to trade in order to get something back, um, whether that's a point guard or a three-point shooter or both. Yeah. So the next couple of questions kind of tie in with each other, really. Uh, The first one is from Gary, our guy Gary in the group. Hey, Gary. (laughs) And... uh, it was quite a, a PC question, to be fair, for Gary. Um, <laughs> you sure it was from Gary? <laughs> <laughs> Given the real-world limitations the Bulls face going into the off-season, what do you think is a good course of action? How do they retool, support and grow a winning culture? And then in capitals, don't you dare say continuity. <laughs> <laughs> You've already used that swear word. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I mean, it, again, it goes back to what I've just said. It all depends on what what route AK wants to take, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, a retool is probably the easiest option and the, the best option. Yeah, it's the most uh, viable option, I think. Yeah, you know, without having to get rid of any of the big three. You know, you've got Kobe that's playing himself into... A, a decent contract mm-hmm. and maybe attention from elsewhere. Not that we want to see him go. Um, obviously, you've got Vooch's contract that needs to be sorted out as well. Maybe get a little bit of money from that. And then who knows what's going to happen with Zoe and his contract. Yeah. Uh, because there's a number of exceptions What that can go down with that. Um I mean, how would you grow a winning culture? <laughs> yeah, uh, win. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna say the easiest way is play winning basketball, which we've kind of seen since the All Star break. Yeah, I, I mean, theoretically, it's been a season of two halves, which we kind of joked about hoping it would be. Um, and la- the, the first half of the season, before I say half, it's more than half before the All Star break. But the four, uh, first part of the season we were definitely not playing winning basketball. Now, since the All-Star break, we have been playing winning basketball. And it's, okay, it's not going to get us above 500, but it's got us into a playing position right now and with the potential to climb a little bit further even in the playing um, positioning and standings. So we have been playing winning basketball. And like you've said earlier on in the pod, is that a concern? Yeah. Does that mean now that, AK is going to sit back and say, well, you know, we, we've been looking pretty good. We don't need to make big changes. <laughs> because, okay, maybe we don't need to make big changes, but we certainly need to make substantial enough changes in order to grow this team. Yeah, Dad, I mean, 
it's when you look at it, you, when you look at a game like last night, for example, them problems have been there all well the last two years. Mm. The problems that we found in last night's game, and it comes down to the role players. Yeah, the role players we've got just don't fit what we need. No. Um, you know, and it was highlighted by AK himself what we needed, and he didn't go out and do it. Mm-hmm. So, you'd like to think that a retool is the easiest option, um, getting the right players in to come off the bench or to fill that, you know, fourth, fifth role, whatever it is, kind of brings a bit of winning culture because it brings winning basketball. <laughs> Right. You know, I mean, it, like I say, it's all hard to say without knowing what AK is actually thinking. So, um, and then, like I say, the next question kind of followed in, and it was from uh, Chicago Bulls Central. Uh, his, which I don't know if how many of our listeners follow it, but or follow him and his his content, but you definitely should. Great because, Yeah, you know, and I mean, we think that we put some hours in, but that guy just does, never seems to stop. He's on the ball with it all, and, you know, as soon as any, any news is dropped, he's on it with a video. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to listen more to his the podcast versions of him because, obviously, he's dropping them at all kind of stupid times for us. Um, but I do listen to everyone that he puts out, and... He's got some very, very impressive takes as well on a lot of stuff. And he's very, very knowledgeable. So if you don't listen, go check him out. That's Chicago Bulls Central. Uh, he also does Locked on Bulls with Pat the Designer and NBA Central and Chicago Bears Central. So <laughs> he he does a lot. <laughs> but the question was, uh, which Bulls players do you think are most likely to leave or return uh, return this off season, and I actually tried to make a list, and I couldn't. Um, I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I, I wrote out all the players and then tried to kind of think about what way it's going to go, and it's kind of it's 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 kind of hard to know what way it's going to go because I mean, there's obvious players that you could think, well, they're expendable, they're expendable, they could go, they could go. But it's not it's not that black and white. I mean, you know, you can't just get rid of them. <laughs> you have yeah. to you have to put together viable trades or you have to come up with you know, getting something back for them. It's it's not as simple as kind of going, Oh well, you know, Marco, he never gets to play. Let's let's get rid of him. Who's who's gonna take him and give us something decent? Yeah, it just, it just doesn't work that way. So it, it, it's it's not that simple, um, unless you start kind of going higher up the pecking order. Yeah, you know, um, I I do think that someone like Kobe White now has put a lot of value to themselves this year, whereas last year he probably wasn't worth very much around the league. I think now he is worth a lot more. I don't want to see Kobe go now. He's paid himself into a position where. I don't want him to leave the Bulls anymore. But he is potentially one of the ones I thought could be dealt for something else. Yeah. I mean, obviously my struggle with it was 
who I'd want to see leave more than who I think's going to see leave. Well, that's that's uh, exactly it. You, you know, the good players you get invested in, but they're the ones that you kind of have to think about getting rid of in order to get something back for. Yeah, and the two players I actually wrote down as I could see leaving is Drummond and yeah. uh, my guy, Javonte Green. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, both of them upset me a little bit because... <laughs> Drummond, when we've seen him, has been a, he's been solid off the bench. He's not been fantastic. He's not, you know, he's had his moments, and like we keep saying, embrace the chaos. Embrace with the chaos. Um, you know, obviously he's on a player option for next year, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and he's just put something out about how he's coming off the socials to concentrate on his mental health, which never sounds good, but no. we get it and hope he's doing all right. Absolutely. Um, it's hard to tell whether he's happy here or not. You know, he's not getting the minutes he wants, I'm no. guessing. But he seems to always play with a smile on his face. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, and... My sort of thing with it is, is when he's been called upon these last two games in LA, he's he's been there. He's stepped up. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. If he was to go, we've got nobody then as a backup guy, uh, backup centre. No, DJJ. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you know. So it's where do you go? Who would you pick up that? is going to do what he does, you know, to replace him. Do you know, that's, that's where I think what with Drummond anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Javante, obviously we saw it, the tease does a little bit by giving him a few minutes and then he's out again now. Obviously first time he's hit free agency as a, as a viable option. Um, and he deserves what? Nine, 10 million maybe. Mm-hmm. And somebody's going to offer him that, and it's not going to be Bulls. So, or unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be Bulls anyway. Yeah. Uh, then you've got DJJ's on a player option next year. Imagine if he takes it, and Bulls will be happy to keep him. You know, we've seen what he does. And I think then when you're going up into, you know, we've discussed Ayo, Kobe, uh, you just don't know. <laughs> just don't know what's going to happen with them. Um, and then you're into your big three, aren't you? Really? Yeah. I'd, I'd say people like obviously Pat Will. Uh, yeah. P. Uh, get my words out. P. Will is pretty much safe. Obviously, you've got Caruso. That's probably one of our best assets. That if we were to get rid of him. Yeah, there's been rumours throughout the course of the season as well that he was, you know potentially there to be shopped and then apparently Bulls came out and said there was no way they were going to shop him yeah so then like I say you're into your big three and as you've just said Demars seems like the most viable option yeah. to trade away I think so but like I've said before this new Demar that we're seeing at the minute if that's what we'd had all the time and with this Zach then you wouldn't even consider it would you so mm. It's, at the end of the day, something's not working with the team. Right. And there's got there's gonna be changes. 
And as we've said on pretty much every one of the questions, we just don't know. You know, yeah. You just don't know what AK's thinking. And hopefully, fingers crossed, legs crossed, everything crossed, it is not fucking continuity. <laughs> <laughs> because I think a lot of Bulls Nation would just yeah, I think Bulls Nation would implode with continuity again. I, I think so. I, I think that continuity um, excuse only really worked when you were looking at the team as a whole that included Lonzo in it. Yeah. Once Zoe was taken out of that equation, I think continuity fell flat in its face, to be honest with you, because how can you call it continuity when it's a different team, basically? You've, <laughs> taken, you've taken out the backbone of the team. Yeah. You know, so continuity. They need to go off and find a new word in the dictionary during the off-season and come back with something else because continuity just isn't it for me. Yeah. And we did have one more question, one more, a little bit light-hearted, from our guy, Samadhi. Hey, Samadhi. Over in California, enjoying these, uh, this, well, I don't know what time tip it had been for him yesterday, but 7.30 maybe. Is that far in the past behind us? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> But his question was, which host is most likely to hit a P-Will Rainbow 3? <laughs> <laughs> and as I replied to him on Twitter, I think he already knows the answer to that. Um, so, yeah, I'll let you take it because that's, that's your thing. Well, I, I think... yeah, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. But I think um, I, I'm the one that's still currently playing basketball, right? Yeah, well, obviously, we've met in Paris and you've yeah. seen I'm as athletic as a wheelie bin. So... <laughs> I, well, I was playing in boots as well. I wasn't playing in, <laughs> in, in basketball shoes. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not one for um, for toot my own horn, as they say. All right, so here's a question for you then, on the back of that. What right. sort of, you, like you've just said, you're still playing. Well, I mean, playing's probably a bit of a stretch, but yeah. <laughs> All right, you, you attend games in, in playing gear. <laughs> uh, what sort of player are you then? Um, okay, I'm a point guard. I'm a facilitator. Right. So, three's a maybe part of your game? Or could be, should be part of your game? <laughs> it should be. Probably should be more on my game than they actually are. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'd I, I, I take a few outside shots. Um yeah, a few mid-range shots, uh, drive, drive the ball a bit. But I love I love to... Pocket passing is my kind of probably my strongest suit. I love to drive the lane and pocket pass to the big guys or whoever's available. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't played sort of any competitive type basketball for a number of years now. And like I say, you've met me. You've seen I'm five foot for call. <laughs> um so I'd guess I'm, I'd, could, I'd have to compare myself to Muggsy Bogues. Um, Ankle biter. Yeah, you know, and I've got that aggressive side to me when I lose my temper. So, yeah, when I did play, I was probably point guard and just run around a little bit chaotic more than anything. Just in a nuisance. Very. Yeah, so I'd say you're more likely to hit them than me because that certainly wasn't one of my specialities either. <laughs> I was just okay. out there to cause a nuisance more than anything. Okay. So, yeah, um, 
that's a bit of a light-hearted one to finish it there. <laughs> and we we appreciate all of them. Um, as we've always said, we're we're not experts, so the mm. fact that people are wanting to know our opinion is is good. Um, and that's essentially what this is. It's a we're just fans that have got a platform to express our opinions. So keep them coming. If you've got any more questions, then just feel free to send us them. Yeah, definitely. And we'll finish off quickly as we've gone a little bit longer than we thought um, with a look at the Lakers game tomorrow. Um, Yeah, we saw last week what happens when we go into somebody else's arena and embarrass them, basically. They come into ours and do the exact same. Mm -hmm. Um, Also wound up by Pat Bev telling them that they stink and LeBron's too small and stuff like that. I imagine they're going to come in pretty fired up for this one. Yeah, I'd, I'd say LeBron probably has it in his head. He's going to go off anyway. Yeah, if he plays. Um, True. You know, obviously, he has described himself as the bionic man and his heel f- yeah. has ever healed yeah. in the history what, of the NBA. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I read that and I was like, what? The, no, no. Oh, toss, don't, toss, oh, don't get pull, me started on LeBron James. <laughs> pull, pull the pin and throw it in. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and then there's that whole powder toss thing before checking in off the bench. Off switch. the bench, <laughs> off the bench. Like, come on, get over yourself. And before we get into our predictions, my sort of thing on this is: this is a test of LeBron. Now he claims he's the goat. He claims he's the best. He's been embarrassed by a former teammate. In the sense that he's been called too small. <laughs> you remember back to um, MJ when uh, BJ Armstrong pretty much embarrassed him, didn't he? Uh-huh. And then the next game, he sat there smoking a cigar with a baseball bat, saying, "It's come, with, come with your chat when it's zero zero or whatever it was." He says, "Yeah." Is LeBron sitting in the Lakers' dressing room with a baseball bat, or is, or is he standing in his swimming pool filming videos of him jumping out of it, sorting his hairline out? Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> telling everybody that he's the best and that he's the bionic man, and yeah. So I just hope that he hasn't fired him up. To be fair, but anyway, look. You know, he has the potential to step on that floor and go off completely. The guy is a phenomenal talent, but he is also the most egotistical Egypt. (laughs) And (laughs) that's the side of it that I have got no time for whatsoever. And I think that there's also the potential that he'll be so full of himself about coming in and making a point that he could actually get in his own head too much. Yeah. And Anthony Davis is the same, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, he had a shocker against us. Um, Pat Bev riled him up before that game and he said he was going to make sure that Pat Bev didn't come out and stop Lakers getting into the playoffs or whatever it was he said. Yeah. Um, Obviously, broke a nail or something, didn't he, as well, against Bulls the other night. (laughs) 
the softest big man in the league. Um, so I'll ask you the question: Do we win or lose? I said it the other night, and I say it again: I can never, ever back the Lakers. I just can't do it. It it would be against my own very being. So we win. We have to win. It's the Lakers. We have to be. Well, you got it right actually over the weekend. We forgot to mention it before. You went two and one, didn't you? We yeah. Beat beat uh, Portland, beat Lakers, and. Clippers, whereas yeah. I said we'd go one and two, and obviously got it wrong. But I'm going to stick to what I said there, and I think I think we lose this just purely on what I've just said. Basically, the fact that I think Lakers are going to come in fired up. We got embarrassed last week by Sixers when we'd embarrassed them, and it's it's a big test for Bulls. That's it is one thing. So hopefully, I'm wrong. Uh, hopefully you're right, and you know I, I always go against Bulls because I like to be proved wrong. I like it when they're proven wrong. So, yeah, I've got nothing else. I don't know if you have. I don't think so. Uh, one thing I will add is I'm gonna put onto the like a Q and A thing into. I think it just goes onto Spotify, but you can drop your own predictions in there for for tomorrow's game or tonight's game, whenever you end up listening to this. Um, I don't know where it is on Spotify, but I'm sure you can find it. And, yeah, appreciate everybody who sent in the questions. Um, Hopefully, I think we've answered all of them. And we aim to be back at the end of the week. I know you're struggling a little bit with your schedule, aren't you? Yeah, well, I'm not sure yet. Uh, We're meant to be playing a basketball game, last game of the season on Thursday night. But um, potentially that game could be called off because of something or other that to do with I don't know, the opposition that we're playing or something. So I don't know yet whether I'm going to be available. But if we don't get it done Thursday, we'll probably get it done Friday. So Yeah, we'll try to get one done at some point. Yeah. But yeah, until then, uh, thanks for listening and thanks for your interaction with us. And as usual, I've been Matt. You can find me on Twitter at MattCRedUK. And you can find us on all the socials at C-Red UK. Yeah, and I'd just like to second what Matt said for everyone that threw in questions for us. Thanks so much. Uh, it, was, it was good fun. We enjoy answering them. We really like the interaction. Um, you know, it's, it's great to know that people actually care about what we have to say. Um, keep them coming. Um, I've been Neil, as usual, and you can find me on Twitter at Neil C-Red UK. As always, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Uh, please feel free to leave those comments, leave uh, your predictions. Um, like we've said before, we're always on the socials, so uh, we'll get back to most comments as much as we can. Don't forget to subscribe and give us the all-important five-star review and join us in Facebook on that on that live thread if you want to. Until next time, wherever you are in the world, see red, go balls. It's time for the percolator. <laughs>